0: hello everybody and welcome to the Eric and Ryan show I believe Ryan what is this episode three for the year um, something like that and uh, start our, our first recording for February we were a little quiet uh, as we kind of caught up with things and and followed the news flow and figured this was a good week to chime in on things so today we're just going to update you on what's going on in uh, the bond market the stock market and and talk a little bit about why um, uh, what, what's happening with with things and and answer uh some some common questions that we've received. Um, so Ryan, I thought what we do is focus a little bit on the ten-year bond, which is the the thing that seems to be driving everyone crazy. Um, let's just start in uh, talking about a little little primer on what a uh, what the ten-year bond means um, and why it's so important. So the ten-year bond is the United States Treasury bond that uh, has a ten-year maturity, and a lot of things are levered and tied to the 10-year bond, right? So mortgage payments are tied to the 10-year bond. Many auto auto loans are tied to the 10-year bond. Uh, many student loans are tied to the 10-year bond. So when you see fluctuations with regards to the 10-year bond, it's basically, you can view it as, as the cost of money, right? Um, and if, if, if the 10-year bond was basically less than 1% for most of the last 12 months, and now it's currently 1.5%, that means that for every dollar you invest in the 10-year bond, you're getting 1.5%, whereas, say, six months ago, you were maybe only getting 0.7%. And this goes back to the uh, age-old comment that I've had, which is bonds have not offered you much return of late. And since so many things are tied to the ten year bond, there's this other concept called spreads, and spreads are tied to the ten year bond. So basically, if you have a corporate bond, your bond is uh, and you're a company, your bond is quoted as a spread over um, the treasury bond. And so when a lot of things are um, tied to and levered to the ten year bond, any moves that are substantial in the ten year bond can create um quite a bit of problems for other markets. And that's what we saw in the last six or seven days. Um, the 10-year bond has effectively moved up from one in change to this uh, 1.5 level. And yesterday, Thursday, we're recording on Friday, February 26th. But yesterday on the 25th, there was a 35-second um, window where the 10-year bond actually moved up 20 basis points to 1.6. Um, so we're going to chime in on what we feel about this, um, but that's that's the that's what how bonds work, and that's what the ten year bond is. Anything, Ryan, that I, I missed, or you want to add?
1: Uh, I would add that it's often referred to as the risk free rate, uh, quote unquote. Um, so uh, when you're talking in in finance terms, uh, when you hear, you might be listening to, uh, to CNBC or, or one of the uh, financial newscasters. They might refer to the risk-free rate in terms of how it affects earnings and and things of that nature. And that's, that's what the 10 year bond is. Uh,
0: But I'll add. The risk-free rate is something we use to discount cash flows into the present. So when you're taking a finance course, we know that money today is better than money in the future. So you discount things at the risk-free rate. So if the risk-free rate is going up, then the value of those things today needs to be lower agree um and that's a another reason why you see a move up in the 10-year interest rate it would affect stock prices said another way
1: yep and, and i think one thing we should address is why is it why are these yields going up or why is is uh the risk-free rate why is it so important uh there, it's really twofold so the first the first reason is as this rate goes up, it means corporations are going to be borrowing at higher rates. So if a company needed a bond uh, yesterday, they could go out and get um, a 10-year note for, I don't know, just using arbitrary numbers here, 2.5%. Two, two okay? Uh, and if they wanted to – I'm sorry, if this was last week, right? So last week, they could have got a, a 10-year note at call it 2%. Well, the risk-free rate went from 1.2 to 1.5 or 1.1 to 1.5. and It doesn't seem like a lot, and and I don't believe it is a lot, but the cost of borrowing actually does go up about 40%, right? 1.1% to 1.5%. So that same 2.5% loan is now closer to three and a quarter, right? So it just costs more to borrow. And what does that mean? It impacts earnings because there's less money to spend. However, 1.5% is not 6%, okay? The the debt is still fairly cheap. So that's the, that's the reason it's important to the stock market or in the stock market size, in, in my opinion. Eric, anything to add there?
0: No. Um, but, you know, another thing is that if you have um, – again, we're talking about leverage to the 10-year bond. If you have the 10-year bond suddenly become compelling from an investment perspective, then money needs to flow out of it. Uh, sorry, money needs to flow out of the things that are um, perhaps less compelling now, right? So that, that I think is why we've seen a move out of technology stocks, right? People were going into technology stocks because of the, the, the growth that you get there. And they were avoiding the safety things—the things where you didn't get much growth. Because if you bought, say, just a utility stock, your yields would have been good versus a ten-year treasury. But if you weren't that interested in the uh, the risk of buying an interest uh, an interest rate uh, sensitive security like a like a utility stock, you might have been forced into or. Uh, encouraged into buying into some growth stocks. So basically, when interest rates move up, everything down the ladder becomes less compelling from an investment perspective. Because now you have trillions of dollars out there that are like, oh wow, I can earn one and a half percent on the ten-year bond. Here's why I'm not that concerned about the ten-year bond. I think the most important thing we talk about is whether or not we're concerned. So we never want to see fast rises in Interest rates—it's just not good for the market. Uh, We always want what's that? And really
1: anything, right? We don't want to see fast rises in anything we're investing
0: in. Exactly, and and so when you when you have this kind of move in the ten-year, it it can cause a lot of institutional money. It could cause a lot of um, uh, novice money. It could cause a lot of gyrations if if funds and and people are not positioned for it. And it could lead to moves like you saw yesterday. Um, I am not so concerned for for two reasons. The first reason is real interest rates are really what matters. So there's nominal interest rates. That's the 1.5% that we were talking about a couple seconds ago. Um, Nominal interest rates is the quoted rate, what you get for being in the bond. But real interest rates are that rate adjusted for inflation. And you could start to have the conversation about inflation. I think you could make a case that inflation is 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 due. but let's just think about the fact that inflation doesn't just uh, show up on day one. it's really about expectations for inflation. And if inflation does occur, uh, expectations for that inflation probably start to happen and you see that show up in 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 days like yesterday. So, I don't think we have an inflation problem yet, and I think real rates are the thing that matters the most. If you pay attention to interest rates on a nominal basis, I think you're um, you're paying attention to the wrong thing. Um, but you know, I do think it's important that we um, uh, consider that that we don't want to see these wild moves up in in interest rates. The second thing that doesn't cause me to be worried about. Uh, The 10-year, is we have seen this before numerous times. Um, We've seen the 10-year stay low and pop and then come right back down. We've seen the market freak out only to not freak out. Um, And generally, the interest rates are so manipulated by the Fed right now that I think it's not that concerning. I'm going to start to worry if we approach 2% and don't see um, the sell-off in bonds uh, stop. I'm looking for the sell-off in bonds to start um, stopping, to to actually start to be bought. Um, And I think you can make a case that the 10-year bond is actually quite attractive to be bought right now. Um, But no one's buying the 10-year bond right now. They're selling the 10-year bond, which is why the interest rate is moving up. I expect that selling of the 10-year bond to stop soon. And when it does, I expect the market as defined by um, uh, you, you know, the various uh, sectors and asset and sellers, classes, yeah. right, to, I expect them to um, chill out a little bit. Uh, but again, it's real rates. CNBC will never mention the word real rate when they're talking about the 10-year bond. But real rates, if you adjust the 10-year bond for inflation, they're, they're probably negative, right? So we're still in interest rate territory that is not alarming. And for those of you that own growth stocks, we've been through this before too. Growth stocks can lose their momentum for two weeks or a month or six months, but they don't usually lose their momentum forever. They're growth stocks for a reason and they will continue to do what, the thing that we own them for, which is grow. Um, so you know that's sort of my view on what happened this week. Um, And I do think, you know, today, Friday, we are seeing a lot of volatility in the 10-year bond. But just in the few minutes we've been speaking, Ryan, we basically have a three basis point drop in the 10-year, which means folks are somebody out there is buying the 10-year bond. I woke up this morning at 5 a.m., went for my run. The 10-year bond was down six basis points. So um, it could all be very volatile, but we are seeing a drop in the 10-year yield today, which means people are actually buying it.
1: I think it's interesting that when the 10-year falls um, or inverts, like uh, August 2019, the market panics. And then when it rises, the market panics. So um, it's not really sensible. Uh, I think it's an age-old playbook. And I think that um, you see people say, oh, 10 years rising, that means risky assets do worse. Let me sell all my stuff. Uh, I think it's too easy almost of a of a trade to make, um, and usually those trades are they end up doing well over some short term and uh, usually are are wrong. Uh, the other thing that I'll point out is that all this means is that the economy is growing, and and usually that's a good thing. Um, it's okay that the Fed isn't going to support the stock market in 10 years if rates are good and, and the economy is functioning well. Uh, cyclicals are back and, and growth is, is doing its job as well. Uh, so the one thing about higher rates, it just means that we have a growing economy. A growing economy is not a bad thing. Um, we have economic data that's come out recently that supports uh, the idea that the economy should continue to grow. Uh, Just, you know, U.S. uh, personal income and outlays came out just yesterday, and uh, personal income was up 10% uh, for the year uh, 2020, uh, and spending was up 2.9%. So that tells me there's a 7% pent-up demand somewhere. Um, What are you going to do with that money? Uh, What are people going to do? This is something that we've banged the drum on a a lot, Um, you know. Uh, you're going to buy goods, you're going to make home improvements. There's a lot of options for people with pent-up demand. And I think that as the vaccines uh, continue to be rolled out, uh, you're seeing a vast improvement in cases or case numbers, I should say, or case statistics, right, Uh, deaths, cases, deaths, hospitalizations, all going down. There's further evidence pointing to the, uh, the the vaccinated population Possibly not spreading it, or being carriers to a non-vaccinated person. These are all good things. This, to me, should put the market higher. Uh, maybe a, a series of short-term trades make the market lower. But I think when you when you look back, it it it's you have a growing economy, a recovering economy. You have very loose policies. 1.5% is not high, um, and you have people kind of just panicking. Um, but this is this. It doesn't scare me either,
0: right? Um, you know, we wanted to make today kind of a quick one, but that's sort of where we're at for Friday, the twenty sixth. Um, I'm not compelled to to panic here, um, and and let's just touch on the vaccine for a second. So we are seeing a a, a worldwide and United States drop in in cases. Um, it's very likely that it's just because we had such a high base that we were uh, coming coming off from, and and now case case rates are dropping just because it was so bad. Um, but the vaccine has a has a something to do with it. And I, I would remind everybody where we were a year ago. These pod this podcast started off as a series of conference calls that I was hosting uh, in the very beginning, talking about just the concerns around the vaccine, and uh, the virus. And I remember when we were talking about things back then, we didn't know anything, right? We had random data from United Arab Emirates. We had random data from Iceland, what the mortality rate was. We had no um, broad testing. We had no uh, idea what to do about this. No one knew what social distancing even meant. No one knew anything about this thing. We are now 12 months later and people have not just the first injection, the second injection, and they are now protected from the vaccine and very likely, I'm sorry, they're protected from the virus. I don't know why they decided to make the word virus and vaccine both things that are conflicting with each other start with the letter V. But we are are in a stage where we know so much more than we did a year ago, and we are now on the precipice of that reopening. And I don't care if the market has a couple of bad days because of that. That is a much more certain position to be in ver- versus where we were even in the summer of last year. I remember in the summer of last year, I had just understood what a PCR test is. Now they're wildly available. Uh, in the summer of last year, I didn't know what the M in mRNA stood for. Now I do. So all of those things are part of our progression towards the end here. And I think we are in the end stage of of. This thing, um, the market wants to sell off because it expects some inflation, inspects kind of rapid growth. I'll I'll take that as an opportunity um, to either add to positions or um, or uh, buy new ones. But um, you know, bring it on in a way, right? Like this is this is where the position we wanted to be from a, from a virus standpoint for a while, and we're finally there. So. I'm not going to let the market upset us because it expects a little bit of growth. This is a high quality, a very high quality problem to have versus where we were 11, 12, 13 months ago.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I think this could just mark the end of the passive investment bubble, right? Or, or the passive investment uh, craze, right? I think that uh, what this means is that earnings matter. Uh, growth matters, um, quality matters. So, uh, no more buying uh, the S and P 500 and seeing crazy, crazy numbers because five stocks go up. Um, just means that anyone listening to this is is in the right place.
0: Exactly. Um, and remember, we're incrementalists, so we don't panic anyway. Uh, you know, the, the, everything we do will be treated in an incremental manner, which has always served us well. Um, reach out to us if you have questions of course we'll be writing the monthly newsletter very soon uh, oh Ryan I gotta read the disclaimer which I don't have up so fill in the silence while I pull that up and um, any last thoughts while I in? <laughs>
1: um, no I think uh, just observationally we're seeing good earnings and, and kind of muted reactions and then you're seeing bad earnings with good reactions um, so I think that the market uh is is just a little bit um i don't the the word the, you know i i think it's it's creating opportunities here i think um uh, there's there's going to be good entry points good exit points um and we're just we're just waiting and picking our spots I agree aside from that it's almost warm outside the snow is almost off the ground in the northeast for all of the non Uh, metropolitan northeast clients so that that means um that means we'll all be able to golf soon right it
0: does yeah (laughs) especially me The investment commentary is limited to the dissemination of information pertaining to Pinnacle Associates and general economic market conditions. Nothing contained herein should be construed as a personalized advice or an offer solicitation to buy or sell securities. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and there's no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed in this commentary will come to pass. Pinnacle is neither a law firm nor an accounting firm, and no portion of this commentary should be construed as legal or tax advice. You are advised to consult with separate legal or tax advisors with respect to any legal or tax advice. Pinnacle is an investment advisor registered with the SEC. For information pertine- pertaining to the registration status of Pinnacle, please refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. For additional information about Pinnacle, including fees and services, you can request our written disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV Part 2A. With that, thanks very much, everybody. We'll talk to you soon and um, we'll be in touch with uh, more.